The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, and thank you for listening to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Of course, I'm Craig Carton, and this is a 30-minute conversation about gambling, about gambling addiction, and about how while 90% of folks that do decide to gamble on a regular basis do so recreationally and with no problem at all, there is a 10% of those people like myself that start gambling and the gambling becomes problematic. This is an open and honest conversation with experts in the field of gambling addiction. And today, for the first time on this show, I'm happy to welcome two guys who have started a new company called KindBridge. Kindbridge allows for you to reach therapists to help you with addictions to both gambling and gaming and to do it online from the comfort of your home. The founder of Kindbridge is a man named Daniel Umfleet, who joins us along with their most senior therapist and a man who frankly saved my life. And that's Mark Lefkowitz. He's in Arizona right now. Mark, good morning. How are you? I'm great, Greg. Thanks for having me on. So uh, hey, let me uh, let me start with you only because there's a personal connection. When yep. I when I walked into that therapy center in Prescott, Arizona, a few years ago, and you saw me, what did you see when I walked in the door? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, well, I saw possible trouble. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you were a high profile guy, and uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult. You know, of uh, of sort of maybe deflating your ego or whatnot, uh, because that's just part of your persona on the radio, was to get you. Uh, and, you know, I think there was some denial right up front and uh, to be able to get you to uh, to realize that you do have a gambling problem and that you need to deal with it uh, to move on. So and, and I was just, you know, it turned out really good. You were extremely helpful to... Uh, uh, a lot of the other clients uh, that were there at the time, you know, I thought you might be a disruption, and you definitely were not. If anything, uh, you were able to help elevate uh, your your uh, fellow clients that were at the treatment center. I appreciate it. You know, I assume you guys have uh, a lot of experience with this. I went in there originally because I thought it would be just a good thing to do. You know, I thought right. it would get people off my back. I thought me uh, going out to Arizona was going to make people think, you know, that I acknowledged I had a problem, but I really didn't come to terms with the fact that I had a problem until the very first group meeting when other men and women from all over the country, you know, various addictions, scratch-offs, lottery, you know, slot machines, you know, mine was, of course, blackjack, but sports gamblers were there, and every one of them stole the words and the feelings out of my mouth and head. And it wasn't until I heard other people describe the way they felt about gambling, the way I had processed it, in which I thought was unique only to me, that was really the breakthrough moment when I said, you know what, I really do have a problem. I got to, I got to pay attention. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, uh, we, we all think we're alone and we're very unique in what we do. Uh, for me also, besides doing treatment, I've been a member of, uh, of the 12-step program for almost 40 years. And it's that identification uh, that, you know, other people have the same problem. It's not necessarily, it's not normal, but it, 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 it's not unique. And I think, uh, 
you know, a lot of times therapists sometimes have trouble, you know, getting gamblers to uh, express their feelings about their gambling. But when they hear another gambler do it, especially in treatment or in group, uh, they could really identify. Yeah, I, I can uh, attest to that for sure. Daniel, who's the founder and CEO of Conbridge. Uh, Danny, I know that your background was with a gambling prevention software company called Gambon. Why did you go from the world of software to the world of Conbridge and therapy? The factors that led into us starting up Conbridge were actually as a result of working with the software company. The software company is based out of Europe, and it was really working with uh, casino operators on creating a more robust self-exclusion process. And through the, through the back and forth that we were doing with the U.S., we were looking at what the treatment apparatus looked like in the States. And I come from a population health background. Um, I've done a lot of large-scale projects with some, some very large health systems in the U.S. And looking at how difficult it is in a lot of ways for a gambler to present inside of the health system in the U.S., and even more so when they do pre- present, uh, what kind of options do they have in terms of access to care was really sort of the catalyst that kicked off the idea behind behind Kynebridge. And the goal for Kynebridge is to create a virtual center of excellence that is effectively dedicated to treating gambling and gaming in a way where we can have a massive impact on high-quality outcomes for individuals that come through the system. Um, with the introduction of COVID, unfortunately, it has really started to change the telehealth format and the telehealth landscape across the U.S. And right now, this is the prime opportunity to be building a virtual clinic that can reach far and wide across state lines, give someone who's you know maybe sat in Idaho an opportunity to reach out to a resource with a licensed therapist that can help guide them through the steps to go into treatment and eventually into recovery. So I assume, Um, so so the program is really, it's not just for people who already acknowledge that they have a problem. It's for people that they're not sure if they have a problem. It's all different levels, I guess, right? Of uh, people who are at the beginning of the acknowledgement of an addiction through people that have maybe been through therapy and other programs before. Am I right on that? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think a, a, a large amount of focus is also on uh, upfront prevention, right? So gambling and gaming are kind of an interesting category to discuss. There's a lot going on in both of those industries across the U.S., and there's rapid expansion in both. And the demographic is a younger demographic. And really understanding how to communicate with that group and get out in front and recognize issues early and have a chance of doing some mental health management early on in the process right. to sort of avoid some of these pitfalls is really the, the message that we want to get out there. So I wonder, do, would, do you find, and you know, Mark, in your experience, whichever one of you wants to answer this is fine, do you find that by doing it over you know, Zoom or you know, whatever the actual uh, modus is to uh, connect to the therapist online, that more people are willing to open up and talk in that manner as opposed to physically having to go somewhere to do it? I think you got a couple of things there. I think you got a wider reach because it gives people more of an opportunity to do it on their terms. 
And so I do think that you see more people willing to step into a virtual setting because otherwise some of them just don't have the options. Like if you're in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, and you need to talk to someone and the nearest clinic is, let's just say, 75 miles away, um, you know, we're a, a simple solution for someone to tap into to be able to talk openly and freely about what's going on and they don't have to leave their home. Right. Um, so I do think that we've we've tapped into um, a system that that's kind of showing that it works, that people you know can sort of engage on their own terms and talk to someone that can guide them in the right direction, the sort of at will. So the big the biggest issue for you guys is going to be just making people aware that you exist, and uh, shows like this hopefully will go a long way to let people know that there are options out there, even if those options are not in their backyard. Essentially, they're Right there with them because uh, the internet is what it is. So the uh, website is kindbridge.com. All the therapists are licensed and they've experienced specifically in dealing with uh, gaming and gambling addiction. Mark, I want to ask you about the gaming addiction part. I don't know a lot about it, but I do have kids who play uh, all day nonstop. Um, Do you see, is there a, a specific correlate gaming addiction being exactly the same as gambling addiction, the way people process playing, or is it a completely different animal? There are similarities and differences. Uh, You know, in in gaming, it's more a thing of time. It's more a thing of it's gaming. Gaming is much more normalized. You know, it's okay to game. Uh, Some people will have trepidation about gambling, but what we're finding now even more so with gaming is, is the crossover where people are now betting on gaming. Uh, so you almost have that crossover of, of uh, Chuck filling up these giant arenas. It's very popular throughout the whole world. And the World Health Organization has just recognized, <coughs> excuse me, the World Health uh, Organization has recognized uh, gaming as a disorder. Uh, and we're going to learn a lot more about it. Right now, we're trying to be on the cutting edge of creating, of working on finding the, the best uh, practices in treating gaming. Yeah, I think uh, that's an entirely different world because it's, it's it's almost specific, you know, to people under 30 years old. You know, it's uh, kids it's uh, and, right. young, and younger and younger and younger who uh, you know, can't put the iPad down, can't walk away from the computer, can't put the phones down, and really become zombies. Forget about the financial, right. you know, the potential yep. financial loss when they're gambling on it. You know, there's no socialization, and they become locked into a screen, and that's their whole life. Right. And there is a socialization amongst themselves in terms of their, they, they almost speak their own language. But we're finding, again, there's sometimes a lot of disconnect between younger kids and their parents. You know, in the beginning, you know, the parents think, you know, hey, this is a great babysitter, and then look what happened. And then we're finding a lot of adults who are gaming all night, you know, who are barely getting into work the next morning uh, and and not dealing with a lot of the things that they really need to be dealing with because gaming has become a priority. But there is a social aspect also to that amongst gamers themselves. They sort of have their own world together, and, you know, you could just <laughs> check it out. Their arenas all over the world are filled to capacity of people watching other people game. Got it. Well, Mark, uh, on a personal level, thank you. Uh, You're a major impact in uh, changing my life and getting me back on course. And I'll always be indebted to you for that. So thank you for that. 
And uh, Daniel, good luck with uh, Conbridge. I'd love to have you guys back on again as we move uh, towards uh, March Madness and as you guys evolve as a company. But as a compulsive gambler, I appreciate what you guys are doing and whatever I can ever do to help spread the word that Conbridge exists. Consider me a friend and I'm bored to do that. Thanks so much, Thanks Greg, for much, having Greg. us. I really appreciate it, and I really like watching, uh, getting to see your recovery process. Thank you. Thanks, Mark and Daniel. Thank you both so much. Bye-bye. Take care, Craig. Thank you. We will continue on with Hello, My Name is Craig. Danny, uh, of course, will join us from uh, 1-800-GAMBLER. He's the Assistant Executive Director, and that's coming up right after this. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, and good morning to you. This is Hello, My Name is Craig. I'm Craig Carton, and as always, joined uh, with Dan Trelaro, the Assistant Executive Director of the Council on Compulsive Gambling in New Jersey. You know them better as 1-800-GAMBLER. Danny, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Craig. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're uh, you're welcome. Uh, of course, you just heard uh, Mark and Danny talk about the proliferation of uh, gaming and a gaming addiction, which now goes hand-in-hand with gambling. But uh, this, of course, is Super Bowl weekend. And uh, tomorrow's the Super Bowl. And as you and I both know, it represents hope for a lot of people. And for a lot of people, it's also a way to chase losses and unfortunately find themselves in a real big uh, spot come Monday morning. Uh, this is also the time when your phone lines light up a lot more than usual. So uh, give us an idea, Super Bowl-wise, in a in a gambling addiction world, I assume this is the Shangri-La, this is the number one day, right? This is this is like, for the, for the problem, the compulsive gambler, this is almost like Christmas. I mean, this is a day a lot of gamblers will wait for. It's the Super Bowl. It's, it's all things football. If you're a sports better, it, you have the whole day leading up to the Super Bowl, the pregame show, you you know, whether parties might be a, a little bit down this year, according to some recent polls and surveys, the gambler who is committed to gambling on this game, they will be out there. And they are betting not just on the game, Craig. They're betting on prop bets. They're betting on commercials, coin toss, um, you know, whatever it is. The first pet to catch a football in a commercial, whatever it might be, you name it, it's available. And and, and it's that day where people look at it as the make-or-break day oftentimes. Um, some gamblers will define that day. It's, you know, it's... It's win big or go home. Uh, I've already been down for the year. This is my, my chance to get even. And, and it can be ugly for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the double or nothing Sunday is what it amounts to. For anyone that's down who hasn't paid their, their debt off yet, this is the game where you try to get whole. And uh, some people will, for sure. And other people are not going to find themselves in a really bad spot with local guys or you know credit cards or whatever the case may be. You know, I always remember this story the first time looking back in my life that I was ever exposed to compulsive gambling was during the New York Giant uh, Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl down in Tampa Bay. And uh, a friend of mine who uh, is a compulsive gambler as well was a huge Giants fan. And I'll never forget, on the way down, he wanted to borrow someone's credit card so he could uh, allegedly call his wife, but he was calling his bookie from the plane. And this is when you used to have the phones in the back of the headrest on, uh, on airplanes, right? Yeah, And he made a call, and he wagered on like 30 college basketball games from the plane. And I said to him, I go, what are you doing? 30 games? And he said, yeah, well, my bookie likes a few of them, so I figured I'd go with him. I go, your bookie's trying to take your money. He doesn't want you to win. He goes, no, he's a good guy. He wants me to win, blah, 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 blah. We get down to, uh, to Tampa, and that entire weekend was spent, you know, betting NBA games, betting college games. Sunday, they're... 
there was, I think, a triple header or double header of NBA games before the Super Bowl. Yep. So you wager on those. And then, unfortunately, he was a diehard Giant fan, right? Mm. I'll never forget. It was Giants first quarter, Giants first half, Giants second half, Giants money line, Giants uh, point spread, whoever it was. Uh, it was every which way uh, from Sunday, you know, because he was a diehard fan of the particular team in the Super Bowl. And it was very clear very quickly in that game that the New York Giants had no chance to win the game. They're going to get blown out by the Baltimore Ravens, right? Yep. And I'll never forget that moment where we were sitting in a Holiday Inn watching the game with a number of other people. And one of the other guys there was the former Buffalo Bill. His name was Fred Smurless. So we're eating yeah. wings, we're drinking beer, we're having a good time. But the guy to my right is melting into his chair because he's now in a... He's now got significant problems. He's got significant debt, and he owes money to the wrong people. And there's no way he's coming up with the money, and he thought he was going to get it all back on the New York Giants, his favorite team, winning the Super Bowl. And the game ends. He, of course, is miserable. And the check comes. And the check was like, let's just call it 200 bucks. It was not a lot of money for four or five guys eating wings and drinking beer. And I'm thinking Fred Smurless is going to pick up the check. Because he's Fred Smarless, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the check comes, and the guy that had just lost a lot more money than he could afford to lose said, I'll pay the check. I've already lost 20 grand. What's another 200? Wow. And in my wow. head, that it's, I never forgot the story, which is why I'm telling you the story now. But it resonated with me now that I am an admitted compulsive gambler and was not at the time. I can totally relate to what that guy went through. And there's a lot of people that are going to go through that exact thing tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's a great story that kind of illustrates a couple of things that goes on in the mind. You know, the, the gambler at that po- point who has lost so much says, you know what, at this point, I'm so down, not just financially, but emotionally, right? Spiritually, financially, mentally, whatever it might be, you're so down, you know, what's one more Add it to the tab, okay? And you also mentioned something else, and this is what also makes the Super Bowl a bit of a concern, is that not just gambling is going on throughout the day, and on multiple forms, right? We've even gotten to the point now where you can cross-bet different contests. You can bet over-unders between an NBA player's total and how many uh, completions Pat Mahomes might have. So there's so many different prop bets. That's one element. But let's not forget the alcohol consumption that will go on. Uh, you know, Seton Hall, we just partnered with them and did a study uh, that was released this week and still showed that the avid sports fan is the one who's gambling. Even though parties might be down due to COVID and gatherings might be down, people are still expected to wager on sports. They'll still consume alcohol in some cases. Some people uh, also use illicit drugs, narcotics. It's a, it could be a triple whammy for some people. And sure. if their luck is going south... They might overindulge in some of those other things, too. Uh, you know, come Monday, Craig, what we typically see in the week following the Super Bowl is we do see elevated call volume to our helpline, and we staff accordingly. We're ready to say we're going to expect more people to be calling in, especially with Internet and online gambling apps and people in New Jersey placing not over 90% of wagers online. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, uh, you know, you can't, I know there's very few people that are working from an office right now, but yeah. whether it's online or not, there's going to be some type of office pool, whether that goes around via email, whether it goes around you know, for the few people that do actually still physically go to work. You know, if you're the compulsive gambler trying to avoid it, man, Super Bowl week and Super Bowl Sunday, it's almost impossible to avoid it because it's in your face. And how do you explain to the people you work with, I'm saying no to a $5 box pool. 
I'm saying no yeah. to the one dollar, you know, whatever it might be. But uh, that's that's the danger that compulsive gamblers face, and it's no one else's fault. But that's the reality of being a compulsive gambler, not just on Super Bowl Sunday, but this entire week. It, it makes it so challenging. You know, you you shared a story that reminded me of. You just said Super Bowl boxes. It reminds me of a year that I was out of college, and I'm at. Um, I don't know. It was well after college. It was the year that the Raiders played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, and. Towards the end of the game, I'm sitting at a party, and there's a guy who has the final score, as is. And he would have won about $100,000 for having that final score. And wouldn't you know, on the last play of that game, I think there was a pick six. And he ended up losing that he had the $100,000. Craig, he was counting it. And he was someone who was a gambler. And when that money flew out of his hands and into the next person's hands, that set him off on, on a pretty, pretty bad, going down a pretty bad rabbit hole. For years after that, all he could do was think about that. You talk about the preoccupation, and he was chasing that feeling constantly, going to AC, playing blackjack, betting on sports, parlays, you know, uh, eight-team round-robin parlays. It was so hard to hit parlays. You'd be putting eight teams together. So that, for him, was a defining moment when years later, when we connected, he said that was the point that really set him down the path of problem and disorder gambling. Yeah, and at the end of the day, he didn't even really lose any money. You're he right. Lost, he lost what he thought he was going to win, but he didn't lose a hundred grand. He lost his investment of fifty bucks. So here's the question, then: What advice do you give compulsive gamblers for how to try to avoid those "quote unquote" triggers, avoid the box pools, avoid the you know the camaraderie of people at a party uh, putting a couple bucks in the in the tin? How does a compulsive gambler walk away from it? Yeah, yeah, great. And we get a lot of phone calls this week. I've been feeling a number of phone calls from people saying, hey, Super Bowl is a hard time. Any recommendations, any thoughts? You know, and I, and, I, and I think back to Phil, you know, one of our guests we had on a number of weeks ago who was very familiar with horse racing and the derby. And, and when there's a big race going on, he knows about it, right? The, the compulsive gambler knows the Super Bowl is coming. It's all over the news. You can't miss it. So what do we do? One thing Phil said is he makes time to get away, spend time with family, right? Don't become isolated. Don't sit there by yourself. Pick up the phone, call somebody. If you're part of a fellowship or a group or whatever it might be, get together with people that day. You know, whether it's virtually, we know it's hard to kind of come together in a safe way. Jump on a Zoom, jump on a phone call, but also recognize how you're feeling. I think that's important too. Take ownership to say, I'm feeling a little anxious today, and I think it's because of the Super Bowl. What should I do? Spend time with your wife if you're married, if you have a girlfriend, if you have kids. I think the, the worst thing people do is they deny it. They say, oh, it's been X number of years or months. I'm fine. I've got this thing beat. What we know about addiction, Craig, is that it finds us in our most vulnerable state and can strike out of nowhere. Yeah, and so one thing, I always wanted this question. So there's a, a number of younger guys that have come to me, you know, just to talk to them and, you know, quote-unquote counsel them through my experience. And one of the questions that seems universal is they don't want, they don't want, you know, when they're asked by a therapist, you know, what are you going to use to replace gambling? They don't have an answer for that. And they, mm. they don't like the question either. And neither do I. And I wonder, like, what do you say to someone who says, I'm not looking to replace gambling with something else. I'm looking how to live my life without gambling. And there's a big yeah. difference between the two. There's a huge difference, and that's something we say um, as an agency and also in any of the trainings that we've done around the state of the country. A, a, a problem gambler is not trying to figure out how to live life by keeping the gambling out of his or her life. They're trying to create a new life where the gambling just does not fit in. 
And it's a big difference to your point. You know, you're now going back and what we often ask, encourage people to do, you can't tell anyone to do anything. You can encourage them to say, what did you enjoy doing before your gambling years? Before gambling kind of consumed your life, what were some activities you enjoyed doing? And oftentimes we hear any number of things, cooking, running, exercise. You know, those things generate dopamine organically. Our body has tons of chemicals that can make us feel good organically. So going back and doing those activities prior to where the gambling took over is oftentimes an easy place to start because there's already those connections in the person's brain that has told them, yes, this feels good. Maybe I can just relearn how to do this. Well, Danny, as always, I appreciate your time. Of course, the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey and a 1-800-GAMBLER is the number, of course, so you can always dial. If you uh, have an issue or you think uh, your loved one has an issue and you just want some advice and some help on how to handle it, uh, let's get through the weekend. Fingers crossed. Uh, all good. And I'll talk to you again next Saturday. And as always, we appreciate your time and support. That sounds good, Craig. Be safe and be well. That's uh, Danny Trelaro, the Assistant Executive Director of the Council on Compulsive Gambling here in New Jersey. We uh, wish you the very best. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. If you are going to wager, wager responsibly. Don't chase a bet that you lose and uh, start over next week. For those of you that uh, believe in abstinence, my uh, prayers with you that you can get through Super Bowl Sunday and fight the fight and be strong and wake up Monday morning being able to say, I did not gamble on Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody else, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We will see you back here Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Evan Roberts is next right here on Sports Radio 66, 1019 FM The Fan.